Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Coach McVay Show, Week 18, presented by Microsoft Surface with the head coach of your Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. I'm JB Long, DeMarco Farr. Last week that this particular group of players and coaches will be together, that's a story every year in the National Football League, but it's a little bit different this time around because the group knows it's coming. Yeah, it's it's different, you know, but the one thing that I think has been so consistent about this group that I'll forever remember, JB, is that it has been a season that's been filled with by far the most adversity that I've ever experienced in this role, but the consistency at which these guys have just come back to work, continue to compete to the best of their ability, players and coaches, um, I couldn't be more appreciative and grateful for that. Certainly for the fans and, and for everybody, we, we want different results. We expect different results. But um, if you could see the way these guys are pouring in, you know, day in and day out, um, you know, I'm grateful for that. And I have a different perspective than I would have um, if, you know, you're not seeing that steadiness from that group. And, and that inspires me to continue to try to do the best that I can uh, while not minimizing that we want better results. But I'm very grateful for this group. Isn't this what the pros is about? This is what you get paid to do no matter what. Keep- working hard I think so you know and, and I think that's what you're seeing DeMarco you know you're seeing these guys compete to the best of their ability there were some instances where you know you realize the margin for error is small and um, there are some positive takeaways but uh, want to see if we can finish this thing off on the right note next week against uh, what we know is a really tough Seattle outfit the Rams have had a great run defense for multiple years in a row now where do you think it maybe got a little sideways yesterday and how do you respond against a good rushing team in Seattle this week yeah I think um, you know there were some instances where we had to be a little bit looser with some of the boxes um, that, that we were playing just based on all the different threats that they have on the perimeter and then when you pop a 72 yarder you know that's obviously a huge play they were in a heavier personnel grouping right there and we just kind of misfit it and you know you don't want to take away any credit from Eckler and, and Kelly I thought those guys did an excellent job they had some good schemes but uh, we are capable of, of doing some things at a higher level and really that's on all three levels of the defense I think like you mentioned that has been a consistent theme in terms of us being able to play good stout run defense but you know you give the Chargers credit and um, they're an excellent offense and I thought they showed that you know with the you know really good scheme and, and excellent players to be able to bring the scheme to life yesterday it's like Eckler wow but uh, you got to tell me man where is the tackle box where does that end yeah when do you get to ground you, to football you you tell me I'd like to know the same thing okay th- so yeah. Good. Three, two hard steps to your right. You're out. You can throw it to Mars if you want to. Uh, you can't yeah, say it. I can. Yeah. Okay. We were talking about this, man. I, I still yeah. don't get how how that was grounding. I'm sorry. I told you I'd bring it up. There. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and in addition, it's to- one of those things. It's. I'm right there with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, Baker wasn't happy with that call. Also wasn't really happy with his performance. Where could he have been sharper in your estimation? Well, I think the margin for error was small. I thought he did do some really good things, JB. There were some instances where, you know, maybe in some of the known passing situations, you know, just how do we really get through a progression or be aggressive to some of your primary reads where – um, you know, he's he, he's so coachable and he's so accountable, especially within the framework of a game. But I don't think you want to minimize. I thought he did some really good things. And, and then once they, you know, we end up having 30 plays in the first half and then they did a good job of possessing the football and there just weren't that many opportunities. And then when you're not able to convert on some of those third downs, um, you end up moving yourself back when you're in scoring range. You know, those are those are tough to overcome. And, you know, when they get Bosa back and you got Mac and some of the different things that they can do with uh, the rush patterns that they can present 
It's a really good defense that's hitting their stride at the right time. He found Van pretty good. He did. You know, I thought Van made three big catches. I thought those were, you know, good plays, you know, and all of them were, you know, two out of those three were versus man coverage. And, you know, it was good to be able to see Van separate. And then I thought the third and three on the rollout to the right where he kind of just pulled up quickly and ended up hitting him on that corner where it was kind of an on the body out of the break type of throw. It was a big time conversion by those two. My favorite was the scramble for the first down, though. Yeah. Yeah. By Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Saved your points there. It was a big one right there. Big time. In terms of what happens next for Baker Mayfield, how much weight do you think, not just from the Rams standpoint, from the entire league evaluating him, how much weight for this five-game sample size where maybe he turned a little bit of a corner, and how much intangible reputation, just the impression he made on you in this facility? It's been huge. You know, he's uh, he's left a huge impression, and I think all of his teammates would echo that same sentiment. And so been really impressed with him. I don't think you can minimize, you know, how quickly – He's come in, endeared himself to his teammates, gotten familiar with some of the vernacular and the verbiage, and then you're going out and playing NFL caliber football games. And so want to be able to finish out on a high note, but he's done a great job. And, and if this hasn't elevated um, people's opinions and thoughts of him, then I'm not sure you know what he could have done uh, to change whatever the perception is. I just know I think very highly of him, and I've loved working with him. What's that like with he and Stafford now? Because when you ask about both guys, what do they do well? The first thing they mention for both guys is they're both competitive. Yeah. Really competitive. Now, you've got two really competitive alpha males on the sideline. How does that dynamic work itself out? Well, I think, you know, Matthew's got such a great way about himself. He's obviously on IR, not able to play right now. And so I think in his own way, he's really become an extension of the coaching staff. And those two seem to have a really good rapport. You know, Matthew is present in a lot of the different things that we're doing throughout the course of the week and throughout the course of the day. And so I think you're talking about, you know, it's not like they're competing against one Mm -hmm. another. It's more about Matthew is trying to help Baker um, within the framework of this role, this system, some of the things that maybe he has experienced where he can kind of give his opinion and his vantage point that that only Matthew could really give because he's been in that role and, and having the same amount of responsibility that Baker has right now. So it's been a good dynamic and a good rapport, and I think it's a credit to both those guys. I've been watching a lot of college football over the holiday season. Mm -hmm. Maybe you all have too. Uh, And one of the thoughts that I had is because of the stability of the quarterback position here in L.A., you haven't had to dig too deep into the college quarterback waters. But at some point in your career, because you have an eye for that position and a relationship with quarterbacks, would you like to do a deep dive on a quarterback class or multiple college quarterback classes to try and find the next NFL prospect? Yeah, I mean, I think if if that's what's necessary for your team as you project, you know, your one, your three, and your five-year plans. And so... Um, those are things that at the at the right time, you know, I know Les and his group are starting to work towards, um, you know, really evaluating the draft in totality. But what has been a good thing that that he and his group have really been able to help me with is I've been able to focus on positions of need and some of the things that we want to be able to identify as not necessarily gaps, but ways that we can make our roster more full and more complete. And the quarterback position hasn't been one of those. Does that mean that it's not ever going to be? I don't think you ever really want to say that. And so uh, I like studying football players. I like studying the game. And so that's always something that I'm interested in. But uh, I'm okay with not having to go find a a new quarterback every year as well. In in 2023, is is pro-style quarterback passe now? Because it seemed like there was a college style and a pro style. Now there's a marriage of the two. So. Yeah, I think what you're seeing is is guys that that have the ability to be able to you know play in known passing situations, exhaust progressions, recognize coverage and where they should go, play with the timing, rhythm, and accuracy and anticipation. That's always going to be a premium. But 
these guys that can escape. You know, when you just look at how formidable some of these pass rushes are now, DeMarco, when I, we don't see a lot of guys like you anymore. I'm yeah, kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, though, I mean, you are a great player. I'm totally kidding about yeah. that. But the defensive line is so good and they're so athletic and they can play so fast that if they get an edge up front, you know, your margin for error is really slim if you don't have some of the escapability or the mm. ability to recognize things. And I, I think the guys that process quickly up here that have the ability to speed it up in their upper half and then if you talk about being able to create you know with your legs you know that's an added bonus that I think you're seeing a lot of guys really maximize in this league and it doesn't have to mean that you're running for plays but you're mm -hmm. able to extend in your own way with your feet and you know Tom Brady does it differently than uh, you're seeing Mahomes and Josh Allen and you know Joe Burrow's done a great job of that so a lot of these guys you know Herbert in his own right so you're seeing a lot of these great quarterbacks have the ability to extend plays with their legs and I think that is an important thing. Except when Brady does it, it's not grounding. Sorry, to bring mm -hmm. that up again. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> there were some elements of what you're talking about there in my favorite play from yesterday, though, and that was Bryson Hopkins' 21-yard third-quarter catch um, from the elusiveness of Mayfield to relocate his launch point to yep. the blitz pickup, which I know we all love from, from Cam Akers was huge. on Adderley. Yeah, it was it was a great job. I mean, you know, we were on a quick count right there, and, and to recognize that safety blitz off the slot, uh, great job by Cam to be able to kind of flatten that rush out. And I thought that was a great, you know, layered throw by uh, by Baker. Great job by Bryson to be able to kind of find uh, his exit angle to be able to get you know into the route in general, and then to be able to make that catch. That was a that was great execution by those guys, and and that's a perfect illustration of why football is the greatest team sport mm -hmm. that there is, because you're talking about a hand full of guys that were instrumental in the success but the three players at the point of attack with it being Bryson Baker and obviously Cam they, they were key and critical and the other eight guys had a role as well and I love the other part of that which is B-Hop kind of had the key block on Cam's longest run of the season that 42 yarder down the sideline he did that was a great job to be able to kind of where they lost the edge I thought Van Jefferson's block was big time as yeah. well Ty and Secchi pulling around the edge but um, you know Cam to be able to cut in and, and, and end up adding about 12 to 15 more yards on that 42 yarder was big time there was a lot of good things um, and then what you realize is that you got to be consistent you know for snap in and snap out you can't just have some of those explosives you got to be able to capitalize and come away with mm. points on those you mean like Malcolm Brown that's explosive that was explosive how about man. that <laughs> yeah it was it was great you know he met hey he's he's taking advantage of the touches that he's getting that's for sure one carry 23 and a tug that's awesome uh moving forward I mean I heard you in your press conference talking about your not so young offensive line but I I keep I'm so impressed with what these guys have done the last month of the season. I guess we can say Cam Akers has done well, but this offensive line has done really well running the football. They have. They've done some really good things, and, and I think, uh, you know, the run game, it takes all 11. And I think, um, you know, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's the tight ends and the receivers blocking, whether it's Baker getting us in and out of some of the right mm -hmm. looks, and then obviously Cam. I thought there was a couple runs where Cam created on his own yesterday where maybe we weren't quite as um, – you know, clean at the point of attack in terms of, you know, getting a hat on a hat or, or finishing some of those blocks. But sometimes, you know, Cam made it right, you know, where he ends up getting seven when we didn't really have a lot of space or, uh, and then there were some looks like you mentioned with Malcolm Brown's run. And then, you know, the one long run that Cam had down our sideline where, you know, that, that was a great illustration of guys doing exactly what they're supposed to do. So I think there was a give and take of that. Wherever his ceiling is, I think he's headed, he's pointed the right way again. He sure is. is. Yeah. And uh, it's been great. I'm, I'm really happy for 
for him. Um, he's got a play energy. He's got a swagger. He's got a confidence that has been earned. And, uh, you know, looking to see him build on that and, and uh, finish out this season with a huge amount of momentum that can really carry him into the offseason. In terms of making something out of nothing, I feel like you were referencing his first down run second quarter where he kind of makes three chargers miss behind the line and then carries Morgan Fox and a couple others for seven. That's exactly right. Yeah. That, that's the run, you know, where we're running a, a standard concept that we activate pretty frequently, um, JB, and uh, that was all cam right there. He sure seems to prefer being back in the dot. Mm -hmm. uh, some of his best work really as a professional, but lately too. Can what he's doing now translate back into some of your shotgun offset, even empty stuff? in a perfect world. I think so. You know, I, I think really uh, it's just about getting into a rhythm. He's a rhythm runner. I think we've seen that the last handful of weeks. And uh, I think what you're seeing is a guy that's that's showing there's really no limitations in his game. I, I think he's really started to make some really good plays in the pass game as well, where he catches a check down in the flat with some space and he's making that first player miss and giving ourselves a chance to turn that into an explosive. And, you know, we'll, we'll continue to be able to build on it because even that third play of the game, you're ever so close to being able to, you know, he and Baker connect on one that you give him that amount of space that might have gone to the crib. Yeah. What was that? Was a check down turned into a wheel? It was. Yeah. yeah. Kind of similar to probably if you guys watch Sunday Night Football, what it looked like Najee Harris and Kenny Pickett did uh, kind of off schedule on, on their own yesterday. And yeah. uh, we almost that, that was uh, similar to almost what occurred for us. Is rhythm rather. Does that mean needs ball? Yeah, like I think so. Yeah, yeah I okay. think you get into the rhythm and the flow of the game, and you just get a feel for you know getting carries. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean by rhythm what's, runner. What's it's like a, you know yeah. how can a rhythm shooter get going? You need shots. You need know, shots. A rhythm runner what, needs carries. A shotgun running back gets in a rhythm, right? You know, same thing. Yeah, yeah I, I just think more about I think what JB's alluded yeah. to is that you know can you you know when you're taking the gun you know taking the ball from a different location can you still have the same level of success and, and I don't think there's any question now are there some differences and some nuances to when you're receiving the ball and you're aligned in the B gap as opposed to in the dot at seven and a half yards deep yeah it's mm -hmm. it's difference in terms of how you're hitting blocks and things like that but I don't think there's any limitations in regards to some of the things that that Cam can do um, as a running back for us i hope the answer to this is yes rob havenstein good to go for week 18 he should be yes which would mean he's in line to make all 17 starts with in the context of this offensive line in that season i feel like it deserves to be called out uh yes he would be the only guy that is a candidate for that and uh he's he's been uh you know it's i know the one thing about rob is uh, the way that he comes to, to work you know we've talked a lot about the consistency of the team but i think his consistency practicing, coming back, continuing to try to pour into these guys. He certainly has earned that C on his chest this year. And mm -hmm. uh, I think you learn a lot more when you're in a leadership role and things aren't so smooth. Uh, and I can speak from experience than, uh, than when uh, you go through these real challenging times and, and that forces growth that, that would never have to occur otherwise. You see Rob profile, he's about this wide. And mm -hmm. then when you see him from the back, the guy's a mile wide. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you make guys like that? That's unreal. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's, it's called uh, good genes right there to be able to be an offensive tackle. No doubt. <laughs> one other one on the offensive line, Coleman Shelton's impact on the running game from the center position mm -hmm. Sure seems to translate. You've seen it in some of his yep. starts at that role. He's done a great job. His athleticism, his command, his ability to communicate, the versatility, um, whether it's reaching, cutting off, being able to get to the second level. Even you look at uh, Malcolm Brown's touchdown run, you know, you just see the way that he was just working to be able to finish and stay connected on the second level. That was a key block to be able to allow Malcolm to just be able to get clean, uh, you know, where, where he's not really having to make any sort of move other than just striking a match right down that A, a they had A gap on the left side. And so uh, very pleased with Coleman. What school did he go to? 
Go ahead. Uh, no, what's cool? Uh, you tell husky. me. I, I forgot. He's a husky, right? Oh, my bad. Just <laughs> the mortar of football. I told you. Got go. some good ones and on this got roster. A, got and... a handful of them on this roster. And just across the way from yes, the uh, side of this week's game, uh, the Seahawks and Bobby Wagner's return to Lumen Field coming up in week 18. I think back to the first matchup with them and hearing Bobby's words in the run-up to that game and then watching how he and his teammates attacked that Sunday against the Seahawks, there was a lot to learn there. I think there was a lot about professionalism that could be preached from that that whole week. Totally, and, and I say it all the time. I see better than I hear, and I saw an inspired group, the way that they played. We came up just short, but get another opportunity to be able to, to go up there and, and what we know is going to be a great atmosphere and environment, go play our best and, and see if we can uh, you know get the result that we're hunting up. Get one more W, absolutely. I, I, have we ever been in this situation where a guy is going back to a place he's played for a long time? I don't think we haven't gone back to Detroit with Matthew. Robert and Buffalo. Robert comes and to Buffalo mind. was he big. Scored. Yeah. But nothing like there this. There's no fans there, so that was really <laughs> unique. But, but nothing like Bobby Wagner going back to Seattle. This is a outside of the game, which is important. That is going to be something to watch. Yeah. Probably the closest thing is Whip playing against the Bengals in the Super Bowl or Huge. playing against them in London. Yeah. What has uh, Bobby meant to you or taught you since you brought him into this this facility? He's, he's continued to reiterate that consistency is the truest measurement of performance. I've said it all the time, but you're seeing an example of, of his consistency and, and what makes, you know, I think consistency is greatness. And that's, that's where his greatness lies is in the consistency of his preparation, um, of how that leads to his performance, of his demeanor and disposition, regardless of what the previous week's outcome was, um, the consistency, the steadiness, the security within the framework of who he is as a man and as a football player and uh, and as a human being. And, and uh, you know, that to me means a lot. And I've, I sure have learned a lot from him. I did. I heard this from your press conference. I wonder what young guy has the embryo stage of that type of run. Yeah. Being consistent. Anybody that stands out? Being that consistent that early? You know, I think you got to be able to – I think there's guys that have the capability of it, but, um, you know, I think it's a rarefied air that, that Bobby Wagner is in, and, and uh, I think you got to be able to earn that mantle, um, you know, to kind of speak about those guys. But I think there's guys that are capable of it, but uh, he's earned that with the consistency over time, and, and that's where that greatness is. Does having the finish line in sight allow you to pour in a little bit extra this week to know that win or lose, it's done this weekend? I don't think so. You know, I, I've tried to be as consistent with the approach um, as I possibly can. Um, you know, you know that the end is in sight, but I think you want to be steady. You want to be consistent in the way that you approach this week. Try to put together as good a plan as we possibly can for these players. Have a couple good days of prep, and then let's go cut it loose and um, and let it be a, a good uh, – let's try to have a, an exclamation point on what's been a uniquely challenging season in a variety of ways. I hate that it's over, but I'm glad it's them that you got to play. Yeah. It's Seattle. It's a good rivalry. That's right. You have no choice but to get jacked up. Absolutely. Yeah. And the stakes there are huge. They need a win and some help to get into the postseason. For Sean McVay, for DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. Thank you for being with us all season here on the Coach McVay Show, presented by Microsoft Surface.